Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast episode. Episode. 426. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Lily joining with me. Snow Taps, number one dog. And we are excited to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to relive the championship. It's a week old. We'll talk through all of it, our experiences, the Broadhouse boys, and so much more. And then the return of Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, what a lot of people want to talk about. We know it, but we were we had booked this Bucks thing, and we're not going to let Aaron Rodgers stop us. So we'll talk about that in the second part of the show. Do some winners and losers. Probably make fun of a lot of media members. Be a good time. And then lastly, uh, we will try to talk a little bit about the Brewer trade deadline if there's time. But I think Mitch and I, this will be a long, long little podcast. But first, before we get started with any of that, Mitchy, how are we doing? Good. It's the one, the one week anniversary of, uh, I don't know, the best night of probably my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, uh, it, it was a night of joy. Um, for all of us, really, I think all of us felt like this holy shit, they were going to do it. And this feeling of kind of bewilderment almost and excitement. And, you know, you get through the first half, they're trailing by five, and you're like, fuck, all these bucks and six people, all these people that were assuming they were just going to do this, we are really going to have to go to a game seven. And then it turns out we didn't. And they came back. Giannis, iconic game, 50 points. And everybody has changed their opinion on Giannis. Giannis completely changed the narrative of him, the basketball player, in two weeks, really. And now he's revered. He's a guy that I think the NBA is going to try to build around. I think LeBron James is still king. Think Kevin Durant does ratings too, but the NBA is going to want to build Giannis's stature up with the rest of America, especially those who might have bailed on basketball in the last few years. Giannis is the perfect guy, and you saw that a little bit in these playoffs, and I think you're going to see it even more as the league tries to kind of increase the brand of the Bucks, even if it makes Adam Silver twit you know, kind of get, get tingly and like, why can't he be on the coasts too bad, Adam, your best players in Milwaukee. I can't, can't help you. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot there. I mean, yeah, I, you know, definitely. I agree with you that he went from, you know, he and the bucks went from the organization that couldn't, couldn't get over the hump the last few years, not taken seriously um and there was a lot of you know conjecture the last year I would say you know basically since the bubble ended like that you know is Giannis really a top you know three player um will he get the respect he deserves and a lot of a lot of the answer to that question was he has to win one and and he did and story that yeah. I think can, as you said, can potentially reel in um, the middle American that may have, you know, jumped ship on the NBA altogether. 
Um, you know, it probably, you know, the fact that he's not an American citizen, or I don't know, he's a, he's actually probably not an American, but the fact that he's not born in America, you know, may, may work against that a little bit, but at the same time, you know, as we've talked about a lot, I mean, he's a guy that's come from, you know, a very humble beginnings and, uh, you know, stayed, stayed with his team, stayed with the city and it paid off for him. And, you know, all that put together is something that I think should appeal to. And he's just, he's just so likable. Right. And so, so humble and so, um, personable that like, yes, the middle American, I think a lot of people do, you know, it's impossible to hate the guy. And it's like, he's sort of the anti LeBron, anti Kevin Durant in a way. I mean, Durant's not really an asshole. I wouldn't, I mean, he's kind of weird, but he's a weird um, guy. He's just, he, he's teamed up, you know, to win his titles. And um, while he has, he has been the best player on those teams, it's still, you know, if, if Durant would have won this this year, I think that would have helped his, helped his perception a little bit just because Probably. he would have dragged, he would have dragged a, uh, a lesser team, I suppose, just with all the injuries they had and stuff like that. But at the same time, like you're going to look back on that and say, well, you know, they probably would have got Kyrie back. I would imagine, like yeah. in the conference final. Yeah, Kyrie. And Kyrie would have came back for sure. I mean, it, 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 and and by the by the finals, it would have been for the Nets. It would have been a super team, and they probably would have beat the Suns like in five. Yeah, and, and but it, it, it might have helped his case. But it, it uh, was I don't really best... want to get on a Nets tangent. No, here, no, no, no. Okay. I'm not. We're not even going to talk about that team again. Um, it, it was the best thing that happened to the NBA. I mean, if you want like a good POV of people who aren't like the biggest NBA fans, but are smart basketball people like Titus and Tate, who Tate Frazier and Mark Titus do a college basketball podcast. And they did a recap and like to hear Tate just glow about Giannis and talk about how much he loves watching Giannis play. And Titus, who's like, I was kind of out on the NBA for the last five years because I hated what Durant did. He ruined the NBA for me, and now I'm back in because of Giannis. I just wonder how many people are like that, right? Like, I just wonder not only the middle America, but some of the people who might be more college basketball fans, which fine, whatever, or they're more NFL fans, and they're like, all right, we're going to now be kind of tuned in whenever Giannis is playing. Like, we want to watch Giannis, and it's a star-driven league. We've talked about yeah. that before, and I think just the respect that the Bucks have been getting and having, you know, Pat Connaughton on part of my take yesterday and Ryan Rossillo interviewed Bobby Portis, Dan Levitard interviewed Bobby Portis. Like all these guys are doing interviews now. And I'll, I'll be curious to see if someone maybe more of a Bill Simmons stature tries to land Giannis. I don't know if Giannis would ever do a podcast. I don't think that's not who he is, but, but I think they'll, they'll try, right. They'll try to get him And I think it's a really cool thing to see just Milwaukee still kind of on the main stage and everybody is sort of just rocks with this team. And so many people today with the Rogers news, which we obviously will get to it. People are like, I don't care that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. The Bucks have a championship. Like this shit doesn't matter. Like I don't, it, it, everyone was kind of in this house money land of like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is back, but who gives a shit? Like, we won a championship, and 
that is such a great feeling as a sports fan. But I, I will admit it's infectious. Like watching the Brewers this weekend and you're like, this team can contend for a World Series. They're good enough. Yeah, they lost on yeah. Sunday, but they can contend for a World Series. There's no reason to believe they can't contend for a World Series. Packers, now that they have Rodgers back, can contend for a Super Bowl. The Bucs can run it back next year, which I know a lot of people will doubt them, and we don't need to talk about that. But it's just to revel in it and to like see how far we've come from all of us on a text thread screaming about game one of that Miami game, which feels like forever ago, where I, I tossed my phone into the couch at one point. I was running through. I mean, I had a tweet. I can't find it. I'm very mad I didn't save it somewhere where I said the Middleton shots, the start of the D the championship DVD. And I, I felt yeah. that like, I, I, I mean, I think I said it in the review, but like, I truly meant that. And I truly believe that that was the start of it all and that they could do this. And the Brooklyn thing, they just, they always got off the mat. They, they got punched in the mouth and they just kind of bounced right back. And I think in, in general, it gave, this city so much pride bucks fans non-bucks fans bandwagon bucks fans i think everybody just respected the hell out of how fucking hard this team worked and i you can't put a price tag on that i know it kind of sounds like a boomer take but that's how like just people who aren't sports fans you know become sports fans and become fans of that team is shit like this and it's only going to grow the bucks in this city more and more yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's it was pretty much the ideal scenario for the NBA coming out of a a COVID season, a lot of injuries. Um, you know, it probably wasn't Bucks and Sons probably wasn't what Adam Silver wanted behind closed doors, but it's what he got and I think it was it was the right team that won it. Um, the better team, the you know, I mean, I would, I guess, healthier team, but not really. I don't know, like, um, the whole Chris Paul thing, you know, people can't figure out what's wrong with him. He just, I think he just got shut down by, by one, one Drew Holiday right. and got worn down as the series went on. Yeah, he had a little bit of a hand injury, but who the hell doesn't by that right. point? And, you know, everybody's got stuff. And, and Giannis, who is, you know, hardly mortal <laughs> had just hyperextended his knee two weeks earlier and puts up a 50 piece in a closeout game and yeah it, it was amazing I mean Tuesday night last Tuesday night you go I got there late um for the listeners yeah. uh joined I joined young Charles and Nolan and, and company and um at the beginning of the second quarter and Things went pretty smoothly. I was a little worried because there were 60,000 people probably downtown, maybe, maybe, oh, maybe closer to a hundred thousand if you include all the bars and everything surrounding the deer yep. district. Um, so I was a little bit nervous that I wasn't going to get a parking spot that I, that not only that, but then by the time I walk to Broadhouse, there was going to be no way I get in. Um, they're just, I figured it'd be over overcrowded at capacity, whatever kind of snuck in the back door. Um, so hopefully the authorities aren't listening, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and I, and I kind of watched the first quarter on my phone as I was walking, um, and I could hear the roars from the deer district as you got like, you know, 
God, probably even eight, eight, ten blocks away. Oh, you that's hear, incredible. You could hear, you could hear the roars. So I knew good stuff was happening in the first quarter. And then I get there for the second quarter and they score like four points in like the first 10 minutes of the, of the second quarter. And that's like you said before, I mean, you're kind of like, yeah, but, but I, I guess I never lost faith. I mean, no. they were at, they were at home. You just, you kind of knew that Giannis wasn't going to let it happen. Yeah. Um, he kind of was, kind of was the only guy to show up offensively and it, it didn't really matter. I mean, they, they wore the Suns down so much in that series that the Suns didn't even get to 100 points, and um, which they had had 119 the game before. So um, that was obviously great to see. But it, it just, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible time. I mean, to your point about the scene itself, and you know, we've been doing this broad house thing. It's just, it's so weird to not have anything on the docket this week that we're not going to the broad house that we're not, you know what I mean? Like we, this is what we were doing for literally two and a half months. The basketball playoffs are so long and we find ourselves at this place on a Saturday afternoon because it's nice outside, but we really weren't feeling the deer district. The vibes were off. Bucks were losing. We just plopped down. And we have a few beers. We, we chat up the bartender, Tim, who's great. And, and then from there, it's like, I think we decided to run it back. So like, well, we had success. We're down 2-0. We might as well see if we can get the magic back. And we just kind of kept coming back and they kept winning. And I think we all, the, the Broadhouse boys sort of became official with the game seven against Brooklyn. And one of the more incredible viewing experiences of my life. I mean, my, my whole view, I've always been an anti-bar guy for games. Like I've always said, I, you know what? I just need to watch by myself. Like I just need to be at home. I think it was really more that I was like, I didn't want to go out on Saturday Sundays for Packer games. Cause my body had already been beat to shit. And I didn't want to go out on a sat on a Sunday to watch the Packers play. I think it was more of that than it was, you know, I didn't like going to bars for games because I had a great time, you know, being with everybody. There were games where we had, what, seven to 10 of our best closest friends. And I'd said to you at, at certain points, I was like, look, yeah. we, can lo- we could have lost this game and I would have been pissed, but the part of me would have smiled because I was with some of my closest friends who it's really hard for all of us to get together. We're in our early thirties. Some of us have kids. Some of us, you know, have jobs that prevent us. Some of us don't live here. And the fact that we could all be together was so fucking special. And like, that's part of that memory that I will, I will forever hold with this Bucks summer is that sort of, you know, thing that I got to do with some of my closest friends. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, it, it is a special summer, no question. Um, I was wondering, as you were talking about, like, the Brewers and now with the Rogers news coming back and that now the Bucks have won the championship, are Wisconsin sports fans going to be even more spoiled <laughs> or even more, like, like, is now, like, the expectations higher for, like, the Brewers? as they're no. in first place and 
um, are like, I don't know, because like a, a lot of the Brewers players were at the Bucks game six, the closeout game. And, you know, there are reports out there. I, I think Adam McAlvey said in one of his videos that, that he talked to Freddie Peralta and Freddie Peralta said that, you know, the, some of the Brewers players that were at that game had like a, had like a talk that like, you know, wow, this is like, just think how great this could be for us. You know, if, if we would get to the world series or something like, if this is what, if this is what happens to this city um, during, during a championship run, I mean, that could be awesome for, for us. And, and I agree. Um, I, it's just, so you don't, you don't think it really puts added pressure? I, I mean, the Packer thing is so different because of all the stuff with Rodgers. Um, but with the Brewers, I don't think so. I don't think there's going to be an entitlement there because I think they know a lot of the fans who know, and even the ones that don't, the ones that get on the bandwagon, know that the Dodgers are the evil empire. Know the Padres have all this talent in the world, New York will be involved, which I don't think the Mets are kind of run similar as the Brewers, honestly, but it's that New York name, right? And we see New York and that's, we just react to that. If San Francisco is involved again, another major market. So I, I think it's a little different in that regard. I think the Brewers have a little more leeway, but there will be some that probably say, well, the Brewers missed the golden opportunity. If they flame out early, I think the only way that it gets kind of tense is if, say, the Brewers lose in the divisional round with the pitching staff they have. I think people will be like, well, this this is disappointing. I think at this point, it's kind of championship series or bust. And then it's like, can we finish it and go to the World Series? Um, and yeah. it, there's there's nothing to say they can't. They have the pitching staff. They have three of the best three of the best four pitchers in the national league. I, I said it on daily tap yesterday. It is a vibe of Smoltz, Maddox and Glavin. And, and that's cause I want to do like, I, I want to do a longer show on like who actually is like the top Cy Young candidate out of those three, but all three deserve to be mentioned. That's crazy. Right. And yeah. so I, I think that when you have that and you're going to look to upgrade in the deadline, you got a chance. They're going to push it in. And they've, they've done it before in terms of pushing it all in to make a run at the, at run at the postseason and a run at the ship. But I think Milwaukee fans will be very happy with the Bucks thing. I don't know if they'll get content, but I do think that Bill Simmons always talked about this with Boston championships, that it's like a five-year window and you have like five years before you can start complaining again. I don't know if that's true with the NBA just because of the, the shelf life of the guys. I think if, you know, you want to see the Bucks defend the title, you realize basketball is a weird sport. But I think I, I'll kind of flip it back to you. The Bucks never get back to the finals with Giannis. Is it disappointing or is it we still got one and it's house money the rest of the way? Oh, man. I mean, <clears throat> I think there will be a grace period. Yep. Um, I think, I think there's, you know, and even with Milwaukee, I mean, we, you know, we are a smaller market. I think the expectations have to be somewhat lower. I mean, I don't think you can sit here and expect them to repeat next year. Um, I'd love to see it. I, I think that they're certainly in a conversation, but to, to expect them to do it, you know, I'd love to see it. I think with Giannis, as he improves, um, I think he's, he's probably still only like, 
80, 70, 70 to 80% of what he could be. Um, and you know how hard that guy works and you know how hard he's going to want to get back there. So, but I do think that, that there's, there's a reasonable, um, chance that, that, that it, it might happen again, but, um, you know, you're going to have everybody pretty much locked up for the next couple of years anyway. And, um, you know, that might be the window, I guess. Oh, hundred percent. Um, no, I mean, and, but, and, but it's and a big window. You're, you're going to have, I mean, yeah, but in NBA terms, I think it is. Yeah, um, no, I agree. You know, I think it's, I, a I don't know window. if, I mean, you look at, you look at like the Spurs who just, you know, had Duncan and coach pop and, um, Ginobili and Parker and those guys forever. And their window was, I mean, 15 years, pretty much. I, I think they went, yeah, 15 years. They won it in 14 and they won it in 99, right? Yeah. So I think that was, that was a 15 year, you know, where they're, you know, they didn't make it in the finals every single year, but they were there a lot. And, you know, that hopefully could, could be something, you know, the Bucks have where, these other teams, I mean, Lord knows what's going to happen with Durant and Kyrie and those guys. I mean, those guys are basically your main competition, um, at least for next year and probably the year after that. But, um, you know, who knows with, with those guys and their sort of temperament. I think that everyone on the Bucks, the core players are are um, capable and are hungry enough to, to get back to that level and, and, and have it in them. And you're going to have Coach Bud now for probably – foreseeable future um i would say at least two years but yeah. as uh as our as our friends bill simmons and ryan rosillo pointed out on, on their post post series post-mortem uh podcast that rick carlisle won a championship and ended up coaching 10 more years without even winning a playoff series after that um, i don't i, I but, guess yeah i don't think that would happen just because i think Giannis is such a better player than dirk like I, he just is like he, and I think that they wouldn't let that happen. Like the media, I think locally and nationally, I think Bud yeah. at least has two or three more years. And I know he drives a lot of people crazy, but the fact is, is that Bud won the Bucks a lot of games in the playoffs. And yeah. even the, the surliest Bud haters have to say like, this guy made adjustments and it was so weird to watch game ones. Like even when they lost the Phoenix in game one, uh, I was like, eh, you know what? It's kind of what the bucks are. Like the bucks have a terrible game one record <laughs> under bud. Yeah. And then it seems like after that, bud has finally figured out like, what do I need to do to sort of make the adjustments after that? And it's not a pop yeah. thing. I looked it up like pop, was not a guy who like lost game one and and then it moved on but the bucks are kind of like all right we're just gonna feel you out we're not gonna do everything that we plan on doing and then after that we are gonna start killing your ass and so that's yeah. that's kind of that's that's what the bucks kind of mentality was so it'll be really interesting to see if teams adjust to that next year it'll be really interesting to see if can the bucks kind of withhold doing that you know, you can only go yeah. down so much. Sometimes that bites you in the ass and you're just like, okay, this actually plan went to shit. Like the, the bucks basically in a way, this is a little bit of hyperbole, but they basically did like a stone cold stunner to like most traditional NBA playoff narratives. 
You go down 2-0, you're usually fucked. You go down 3-2, it's usually not a good sign. Um, what else? You go down 0-2 in the finals, you're usually fucked. And the Bucks defied all of those. So maybe they're an outlier. Maybe that's just who they are. And Budenholzer deserves a lot of credit for that and getting, keeping these guys ready and finding new, new wrinkles. You know, Phoenix goes crazy from the corner in game two. And the corner three had been a problem for the Bucks for so long. Then Bud makes an adjustment. I don't really understand the adjustment. We talked about, it, I think, on our last show. And he took away the corner. So it's like, all right, is this something we're going to see now in the regular season too? Because that, I mean, that's great. And if that the Bucks then can stop teams from having these outlier nights against them, even in the regular season, I mean, holy shit, they could be back on top of the East before you know it. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see who, who comes back next year on the roster. Um, you know, you, you have – Who's, who's of the important players, let's say, who's under contract? Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, I think has yep. maybe another maybe another two years. Dante's back. So Dante will be back. He's in his – well, he'll be up for an extension, I think. Um, uh, maybe. This fall. I'm pulling it up right now. And um, Connaughton's the only bench guy, I think, that's, um, that's under contract. Correct. Officially, besides besides you know the young guys that you know the trench squad as they called themselves you know the the Mamadies, Justin Jackson, Elijah Bryant, those guys. I mean those guys will some of them I would imagine most of them will be will be there next year. But be interesting to see what happens with Bobby Portis. Um, guy is a Wisconsin sports ah, man. I mean even calling him a folk hero might be doing him a disservice. Um, Calling him a legend though is a little a little bit aggressive. Yeah, I'd say just so. just a just a cult a cult hero, and he's going to get paid. I would assume he does have a player option, but you know, again, you know, 16 points in a closeout game off the bench is going to get you paid. Uh, I don't think any any Bucks fan or or anyone around here would be upset. He's going to be beloved forever here. Um, he loves it here, but sometimes you got to do what's best for what's best for you. The Bucks probably won't be able to afford to give him eight or 10 million a year that he might get on the open market. Um, and good for him, but obviously you'd love to have him back. And then there's PJ Tucker who is getting up there in years. He's not really providing you much on offense, but just his presence out there on defense, I think was, was huge all postseason. And if he's a guy you can get back on, on the minimum or thereabouts, I think you got to do it. And, you know, he's a guy you can bring off the bench. You could start him if you need to. Uh, he's not going to kill you out there for the most part, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with those guys. And uh, we got to, we got a ways to go, I think in this off season, but. Um, yeah. I mean, you remember. I mean, not really though, because we're already, we're already in July. <laughs> we're already at the end right. of July. You have the, you have the draft on Thursday. And you already had a trade in the NBA, a pretty, pretty significant one on Monday. And so it's just going to be a freaking whirlwind probably here the next couple months before we start up the next season, which we don't know when the next season is going to start yet. But I, I think would imagine. They said Octo- I say they said October 19th is the start, wow. of the start of the season. Yeah. That's earlier than normal. 
I think. No, that's pretty. That's that's on par. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I, I'll I, I don't. I don't. I don't love that. That's that's I. I don't care about like the rest. And I just I thought that that was a golden opportunity for them to to continue sort of a later start. I wouldn't have waited until Christmas to start, but I would no, wait until like I would wait until the week after Thanksgiving personally. No, the ratings. The ratings sucked, so the they plan they they sent a memo that the season will plan to start in mid October from from Tim uh, Reynolds uh, from NBA.com, and that the NBA draft in 2022 would be June 23rd. So that was which is normal. Yep, exactly. So okay, memo obtained by the Associated Press. Oh, October 19th. I was right. Yep. October 19th. Doesn't say when it'll end, but the likely date would be April 10th. So October 19th would be a Tuesday night. Um, so probably probably Bucks in Brooklyn, probably game get probably TNT, Bucks Brooklyn, Bucks get their ring, um, which will be a very hard ticket to get. Uh, will not be oh, yeah. easy to get to ha- be there for ring night. But you know what? I, I'll say this. I would probably do ring night on like a Saturday. Like do it, like have this be a big fucking party. Like if I was the Bucks yeah. and I, I, you know, they've done a really great job marketing. They don't need my help. Um, they, you know, the Deer District, I think is went above and beyond. And I think- a Smashing you know, success. I think the fact that there wasn't a ton to do. Now, granted, the Bucks were a main attraction, but I think you had- every bro and bro broette or whatever <laughs> from 18 <laughs> to 23 wanting to be down there and it became like this summer fest environment and there was just nothing else like it around you know and yeah. covid had robbed a lot of those kids of a carefree summer and then they got this opportunity to kind of live it up every night you know i'm sure we could go to like kramer and talk to a couple kids who were like, yeah, bro, I was at like every home game at the Deer District. It was so sick. We got so drunk. Like, oh my God. Like I blacked out once and ran home. Like I guarantee you we could find a kid who would talk about that, who would have that exact story. And like now they, they need to kind of capitalize on it. And like in October, weather's still pretty nice. You could do it on a Saturday night and just be like, come relive the Deer District, all this shit. And then, yeah, invite, you know, and that to me could be a big thing. But again, the Bucks yeah, do a pretty would, good job. It would be a Saturday against like, I don't know, Charlotte or something. Yeah. Because like, if you play Brooklyn, you might get smoked. Right. Um, oh, Brooklyn's <laughs> going to want to send a message for sure. 100%. Oh, yeah. And then. And then it's all that, oh man, I, the national media, I couldn't wait the next day and be like, yo, they were healthy. This Bucks team wouldn't have a championship. Be like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, I don't know if you're seeing. What's that? What'd you say? I'm sorry. I said, how fast do you think you'll see Firebud? How fast (laughs) do you think you'll see a Firebud comment next year? I'll I'll be honest. I'm going to say this right now. If you have any sort of firebud comments before Christmas, KMS, like seriously, or KYS, um, seriously, because that you're you're just a bad fan. I'm sorry, 
You're you're just a bad fan. Like he's not getting fired. So don't even bring it up. Move on. Smile. Be happy. You won a championship. It's over. Your bud crusade can end. Find something else to bitch about or just don't bitch at all. So that's but you're right. You'll see it early and it'll drive me crazy. Yep. It's but, gonna happen. No, I know. So, anyways, yeah, I would do the ring ceremony on like, you know, a make it like an event, like make it a fucking party. And like, and I don't know, I feel like for the ring, yeah, maybe we go down the broad house and like we do it all over or we try to get in the building. The, um, the thing is, be- though, like, they're going to TNT or one of the networks is going to want to carry that ring ceremony. So, okay, so do it Friday, probably- do it, do an ESPN game on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but I'm, I don't know. It'll probably be the first game. It's usually the first home game, isn't it? Like, yeah. Usually so. the first home game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But man, it was a ride. I mean, this was so fun. It was so exhausting. I was kind of, yeah. I, by the end of it, I was just like, oh my God, I don't know how much more I can fucking take. Like, you know, and, we talked about it on the show last week how being in that fortress that was the beer garden and the broad house, you just would drink and you wouldn't realize you were drunk and then you'd get out and you'd be like, holy fuck, I'm like hammered. Like what what is what happened here? And but you're just you're kind of not you're mindlessly drinking because you're nervous and you're you're just you're watching basketball and you're not necessarily thinking about how many beers I've been slugging down while I'm watching my team play. I'm just worried about, are we winning this fucking game or not? And I would say it got harder and harder and harder to get a, to get a drink there. Yeah. As, as we got deeper, I mean, it went from, you know, we watched, I think what the one Miami game there, nobody there. There was like once, once the game started, it was, there was a half a dozen people in the back patio. It, it would have kind of been. By the time me, go ahead. Huh? No, I was just gonna say. By, by the time by the time you got to Brooklyn, it was like getting packed, and then by that game seven in Brooklyn, it was it was out of control, and it kind of took off from there. Yeah, I would have loved to do, and I wish I would have, but you know, you just you don't you're in the moment, you don't realize that this is gonna lead to a championship. But I just wish I would have taken a picture each day, each game, and been like, "Here's what it was," and just watched it like build and grow i mean the the atlanta clinch because everybody was away for fourth of july like that to me that was my like i wouldn't say it was enjoyable and i was really appreciative that my fiance morgan came down with me and it wasn't the greatest of crowds there it was a lot of ruffians but like she's like are you she was like we went home pretty much right after and she's like are you mad you're going home and i was like no, I'm not really mad. I, I just wish like my boys were here to celebrate because nobody was there. Like no one's around. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're on this Island almost of like, of just watching it by yourself. And it was because of this, the schedule. So hopefully we can, can do another clinch and just do it all over again. And I hope that I never get sick of championships because let me tell you, it was awesome. And, and okay, so last thing, and then we'll move. This will segue us nice to the Packers. Can Wisconsin sports fans say that we are a heartbroken city state as a sports institution now that we have championship? 
because I kind of think it's dead a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is. You just I don't can't... know. I mean, it, it is, but I would say that be careful if the Brewers do make it to game seven of the NLCS again and Chris Taylor makes a diving catch to save, you know, to save two runs or something, save the Brewers. Oh, fuck that um, guy. <laughs> I mean, uh, something like that happens again. It's just going to be like, oh, my God. The we're back. We're back. It was an outlier. It was it, the Bucks rose above it. It's an outlier. It was a trap. Yeah, there would be a lot of that. Or if the Packers got to another NFC Championship game and lost, be like, or a Super Bowl and lost, yep. it would be like, okay, all right, it still exists for them. Maybe not for the Bucks, maybe not for the Brewers, but it's still a, it's still an issue for for the uh, Packers and the professional football team here in the state of Wisconsin. And speaking of that team, as we transition, Aaron Rodgers returns to the Packers. I, I think we all sort of felt like this was what was going to happen. The retirement rumors were weird on Friday. Sportsbooks pulled down uh, win-loss totals for the Packers. And it did feel like there was maybe a chance that, okay, he could do it, Andrew Luck. But this was kind of the outcome I always saw. I, I never really wavered that this might be the case. And now it seems like they're working out a contract that basically is designed like a player option, which seems like the best of both worlds. It's like, okay, one more year. You're still pissed. We'll trade you. Um, I don't know if they'll give him a no trade clause. We'll see. And then on the other side of the coin, you win the Super Bowl and you want to run back. Well, cool. We'll run back and we'll figure it out. And then, and then maybe you can go move on elsewhere in 2000. 2023 so in general i'm pretty pleased with everything i know there's a lot of vitriol around rogers right now but i kind of don't know if it's warranted i think it's i think it's just like it's more the media's fault that we heard about it and that rogers and the organization were painted as bad guys throughout this whole thing yeah it's such an interesting thing I, i don't know I don't know if you can lay it out for, for me and potentially our listeners, like what exactly this alleged agreement is. Okay. I mean, I I guess you kind of did, but. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that's being tossed about tossed out there. It's not necessarily completely defined, but it does seem like there are some things where they're going to basically kind of, make it work um, when it comes to Rogers and the deal that Rogers contract 2023. The last one is current deal would be voided with no tags allowed in the future. Packers also would agree to review the situation at the end of the season, basically saying, Hey dude, are you happy? Are you not happy? Rogers contract would be adjusted with no loss of income to give the Packers more cap room now, which means taking care of Devontae Adams, maybe taking care of Zadarius Smith. I think Adams is the priority here. Mechanisms will be put in place to address Rodgers' issues with the team. I don't know what that means. Um, It could mean I want to talk to Brian Gunacoos more often, or I don't want to fucking see Brian Gunacoos in my (laughs) sight for the next, like, three or four months. Um, and I just want to be kind of left alone. 
you got to remember if you read some of the Favre stuff at the tail end of his career, Jeff Perlman wrote a far great Favre book called Gunslinger, and Favre was kind of a recluse by the end of by the end of the time in Green Bay because he was the old yeah. guy and he was the only one left and he had his own parking spot and he kind of I think he had his own way to get to get to Lambo. So basically, I I think that that could be some of those mechanisms too. And then kind of a similarly with the review, the Packers agree to review, which means they will trade Rodgers if he still feels the way he does about the Packers culture and decision-making. So in a way, okay. I don't necessarily think that Rodgers won here. I know there's going to be a lot of who won, who lost. In a lot, oh, yeah. of, way, in a lot of ways, the Packers won. Like at the end of the day, they got their yeah. wish. Their guy comes back for another year. Um, they free up money now so they can get Devontae Adams, who's now apparently interested in a contract extension, back into the fold. And which is interesting that Devontae Adams is immediately willing to do this deal after like thinking maybe Rodgers want to be back. It's like you do know like he could get traded next year. Like what's going to happen then? Are you okay with that? I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But they basically are kind of at this point now where it's like, all right, I said it in the review today, like just push the bullshit aside and let's just go play football. It's going to be really hard to, because everybody's going to be asking about it. I, as I said, I think in one of our recent shows, like there's a reason that each of the networks, Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, all have Packer games in the first four weeks. That seems unprecedented. That doesn't usually happen. And it's because this is going to be beat to death. But if the Packers just put blinders on and don't think about it too too much, it just does. It, it'll become a non-issue. There'll be other things to talk about, and it it will at it, some point fade into darkness. Might take forever though. It is, it is a win-win. I think for kind of for everybody. But I guess I hadn't thought about the thing you you said in that in that uh, in your take there was. Uh, it, it it might be a distraction. I mean, it's going to be. Um, I don't know how – I guess just keep winning, and that's the only way to to sort of quiet that down. But I feel like if, if shit goes, you know, kind of rough or something, um, it's just going to get loud. And it, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of going to hang over the team. I guess I hadn't really thought about that. But, it, like, it is kind of a win-win because, look, you get an MVP caliber quarterback back. Um, presumably pissed off again. I mean, he's always had a chip on his shoulder, but you would think, you know, you'll get a great version of Aaron Rodgers, I would imagine. You get another year of Jordan Love with more reps. Um, I would imagine Jordan Love will play the entire preseason. I mean, you would think. And um, then Rodgers might get his way eventually, um, assuming his way is to get out. I mean, we don't I don't know. The whole the whole thing was 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 weird um, from from the jump, just because it was like, you know, he never said anything and didn't want this to get out. Um, who knows how much of it is is fact and how much of it is just the media um, blowing it out of proportion. I don't doubt for a second that Rogers is as upset with the way the Packers do things, um, just because it's. It's just, it never ends with 
Um, I mean, it, the Devontae Adams stuff, I mean, he's the best receiver in the league as we talk right now. And, you know, you can't figure out a way to, to get him paid, but you can't pay everybody. It's just, unfortunately, the Packers are, are very good at drafting guys, Charlie. Yes. And they put themselves in, in, a, in predicaments left and right. I mean, but as David Bakhtiari famously said, I mean, if a team wants to keep you, they can figure out a way to keep you. Um, but I feel like it's, it's to some extent that's got to be easier said than done. You know, everybody wants their piece of the pie and, you know, you can't, you can't please everybody. So I don't know. Somebody's probably not getting re-signed uh, out of these core players and it might be Devante. Um, well, I but think, no, if, I think it's Zedarius. I think it's Zedarius. I, oh, I, I yeah. think he would be the guy that they would probably look at and say, all right, we have Rashawn Gary. Maybe we could bring Preston Smith back cheaper or we just find our next version of the Smith brothers because they've had pretty good success in terms of signing defensive edge rushers who, you know, I think they were like, all right, we'll just run it back. We'll just do this again. And I'm not saying they're going to devalue that position. I just think they're, they're pretty good at picking out who they, who they get. And you're right that they are so talented. And I think that's, the part of it where I'm like, just push this aside because we have one of the best rosters in football, just bar none. Like we have a really deep roster and I I've said it a hundred times. So I hate them beating a dead horse said it yesterday too. Like David Bakhtiari doesn't get hurt last year. We win the Super Bowl, which is a crazy, like what ifs about like Bucks now. And like, would we really be looking at a potential three, three peat for with the Brewers? If that did actually happen, be wild. But it didn't. Yeah. And the Buccaneers won. And it's like, you still have to go through that team. That team basically brought everybody back. Like they're an anti championship team in the sense that they, none of those guys went and got big money elsewhere. They all stayed because they want to play for Brady. They like Bruce Arians. And so they're back and we'll see. It'll all come down to injuries, probably, right? It always does. And yep. we'll we'll just sort of see what's that sort of next step for the Packers. They they have to just sort of rise above a lot of this now. And I will say it is a tough day for a lot of media members. Like I can't believe that Rob Domofsky said, "Oh, Adam Schefter's been all over this, and Adam Schefter has done such a great job with this." And I'm like, I understand you're trying to be a good teammate. I understand this guy is your quote unquote coworker, but come on, man. Like Adam, it was all calculated from Adam. Adam might've had details. He had a lot of the details that I read off to you. Should have probably said that was from Adam Schefter's article today, but he's, so he's had some of it, but it's all been a work for ratings. He dropped that story on the NFL draft day and Adam and uh, Dan Patrick asked him to explain why did you wait till the draft? And he basically fumbled his words around and it was code for ESPN probably told me to hold this shit till the draft so we could make a fucking splash. And then, oh yeah, he recycles a story about Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe not wanting to come back that Bob McGinnett wrote in May. And I don't like old man Bob, but he wrote it in May. And he, when did he decide to bring this out to play? Oh, I don't know. Fucking game six of the Bucks. So mm-hmm. it's all calculated, man. 
And like ESPN, like I'm not one of those people who's like ESPN can't be trusted, but you just look at some of their major personalities in this news breaking environment. And it just all feels like a work. Like we saw what Woj did with the Bogdan stuff. We've now seen what Schefter did with this Packer stuff. And it's, it's just bad. And it's also too, like everybody's quick trigger. Like Mike Florio today, David Bakhtiari was joking. And if you follow David Bakhtiari, you know, he's joking and he just eats the trash. Yeah. And is like Bakhtiari's mad at Rogers. And then he goes on and he just keeps tweeting today, trying to explain himself. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Just take your out. Like, just take it and go like log off for the day. Like throw your phone into your pillow <laughs> and just not tweet. Like, and just move on. You fucked up. It's okay. We all fuck up on Twitter. Like you ate the trash. And you don't need to keep speculating shit with Rodgers. And it doesn't help that Flores is a Vikings fan. And he, it's hard for him not to show that Vikings bias, even if he says he doesn't have it. Because he fucking does. And I just think a lot of this, the annoyance that fans have locally, nationally, who aren't Packers fans, it's all the media's fucking fault. Because it was the only story to talk about in the NFL this offseason. It was a quiet-ass offseason especially after Deshaun Watson had all the sexual assault charges against him. Once that happened, that ramped the Roger stuff up dramatically because no one wanted to talk about the Deshaun Watson stuff, which was really, I've, as I've said on another show, it's, it's interesting that that just sort of got pushed down and just didn't become a talking topic. Really kind of weird how that happened. Yeah. So it's like, they, the media has so much to do with perpetuating this story and blowing it way out of proportion than it, than it needed to be. Do you agree with that? Or am I, am I being a little too much on my Mount, oh, yeah. my, my anti-media Mount Pius? No, I mean, it, it's true. It, it, like I said before, I mean, it's, there's some truth to it, but it was way too juicy for them to, to sit on. And they waited until the quote unquote right time to leak it and it blew up because you know sports talk is going to be it's going to take the catnip at all times and you know luckily around here we had the Bucks playoff run and the Brewers have been playing pretty well the Packers kind of got buried for you know all that stuff kind of and I, I think people just got sick of the Rodgers stuff too um and that sort of aligned with with everything um with the Bucks coming coming for a championship run and sort of burying the, the Rogers thing. And, um, you know, now it's kind of, you know, we've essentially are turning the page, I guess, on the Bucks season and um, which is, is, is sad, but it, it is what it is. And um, now it's coming to the forefront again and we've got some, some pretty good news on it that again, that, that they've reportedly put their, I guess, differences aside for hopefully one season and, it's going to be a, a last dance type of scenario, which I guess we can argue about um, because I don't know. It really isn't apples to apples with the last dance, but you know, I mean, that's the way they're going to look at it where it's the team's going to look a lot different at this time next year, basically. That's fine. Just give it one last, one last college try. Yeah, a absolutely. I mean, the fact, the fact of the matter is, is you look at it and 
and someone said this, Pete Prisco said this uh, four hours ago, was like basically what this entire saga comes down to is the Packers had to think Rodgers was starting to decline in 2019. Thus the pick of love and Rodgers made them look bad last season. So they were caught in their own bad evaluation. I, I think that's, that's kind of true, right? Like Rodgers was disengaged from 2017 to 2019. He didn't want Mike McCarthy to be the head coach. They should have got Mike rid of Mike McCarthy after 2017. Now, granted, I'm happy they waited because they got Matt LaFleur and Matt LaFleur is a guy who could be the Packers head coach for the next 20 years. Who the fuck knows? Right. But they they waited and they sat on Mike McCarthy and it led to a really unhappy and uncomfortable thing with Rodgers where he just didn't give a shit and he was a malcontent. And after that, he Lafleur did he adapt right away to his system? Not entirely. It took some time. It wasn't perfect. And then they draft Jordan Love. And he just decides to go fucking off and become that old Aaron Rodgers again. And it lit a fire directly under his ass. And was maybe Brian Gunacus a little overzealous drafting Jordan Love? Yeah. He reveres Ted Thompson. He wants to be like Ted Thompson. That's his mentor. That's his guy. And he might have went overboard there and ended up not necessarily, you know, drafting a little too early. And maybe he could have waited till this year or the year after to say, all right, we're going to get our quarterback of the future. And we're going to also let our quarterback know, Hey, we're drafting your hopeful replacement after your contract's up. And maybe you'll prove us wrong or whatever, like handle it much better than what they did. And Brian Gunacus fucked up and that happens. And hopefully they can get to a better spot. And if they can't and they, he gets traded, well, then that's, that's it. That's, that's sort of, sort of the story. And it happens sometimes where it, it doesn't always stay. They don't always just stay together. Like as much as we want. And even this is different because he signed as a free agent, but as much as we want, like the Drew Brees story, right. Where he can retire as a saint and he can sort of have this sort of, final sort of last send off if you will and it just doesn't work out that way almost never like think about it joe montana left to go to kansas city uh brett Favre, obviously we know that uh johnny unitas went to go play for the los angeles rams people forget that peyton manning peyton manning joe namath i mean tom brady tom brady there are so many that just don't ride off into the sunset with the team. Steve Young got hurt. Troy Aikman got hurt. They didn't see out their full careers. Jim Kelly also banged up. I think he didn't see out a full career. But regardless, it just doesn't happen that way. And I think sometimes fans are a little too naive to that. And they don't, they're like, well, this can't happen to us. Well, yeah, I can. Because that's just sports, unfortunately. It's really hard to have a guy see out his entire career through, you know, 18 to 20 years, especially when you have quarterbacks because they're so well protected playing until they're fucking 42. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, 
don't know. I, I think that, that this is, you know, it's been a media driven thing. It's, it's their storyline though. You know, when we were just talking there and I, I brought up Tom Brady, it's like all last off season, they had the Brady versus Belichick uh, storyline. You know, what's, what's going to happen? Who needs, who needs who more? And then Brady went, went ahead and won the Super Bowl and sort of ended that storyline or discussion. And, you know, now they got to, they got to pit and, you know, Drew Brees is now retired and now they got to pit Aaron Rodgers against everyone. And, it's just it's just the way it is with with the media and ESPN. The NFL is larger than life, and um, I don't know. I, I I hope it's I hope it's resolved. Yeah, yeah, man. I uh, apparently we are now on Rogers' plane watch as we're finishing up the show. Um, they, he stopped in Albuquerque, which happens to be where Shailene Woodley is filming a movie, um, and so I think that's probably Rogers' plane. So Rogers will be here tomorrow. He'll be in the building. It's going to be a complete circus to watch his first media interaction. I think Rogers will probably be a dick about it. And he'll be like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't know what, I don't know what we're, what we're doing here. And it will be very Rogers esque um, I'm happy he's back. I was mad about the last dance thing. I still think it's lame. I talked about it on the, on the Saturday show. Um, but whatever if that's how they want to do it and they the team's behind it then fuck it we're behind it and if that leads to a super bowl and we're able to complete basically a sweep and go nba finals world series and a super bowl i don't think i can complain about sports for like a decade right like if that happens yeah i just do i even have a podcast does tapping the keg sports even really take off is it just, it, are right. we just, we don't exist, right? What, what can we bitch about then? Well, that's perfect. Cause it's like, you know, we've, as, as happy as we are, the Bucks won the championship. It's like, you can talk about it for a week and then it's kind of like, you can only say you're happy so long. And yeah. It's just, you kind of, you kind of have to move on. And it was, like the whole time leading up to the Bucks winning the title, like the whole playoff run, you're thinking, what happens if they actually win? You know what I mean? Like, then what? I mean, we all get really happy and we, we party, we go to the parade and we go to the celebration and, and it's, it's like, it's like Christmas day. It's, it's there and it's gone. And now you have to defend your title. And um, yeah, we can, but we roll it right into, to a, a good baseball team. And then, yeah, obviously good news with Aaron Rodgers coming back. And it's a great time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. That's for sure. Maybe, maybe the best ever. Yeah, I think you could really debate that this is the best time to be a Wisconsin sports fan because it's it's never been this good with all the teams. You know, when we talked about right. the Wisconsin stuff back in 2011 and the Bucks were an afterthought, the Bucks weren't even in those – those images, right? And the Packers had already won a title. And so it's it's just great to be a fan. I'm so jealous of kids who are anywhere from like 12, no, nah, maybe a little older, 16 to 22 right now. Like, man, you're just starting out. You don't have shit to worry about. Like, watch everything. Like, especially if you're just by yourself, like, 
in like embrace this shit like become as big of a fan as you can try to go to as many brewer games as you can like do not do not regret this because this just doesn't come around like this is not typical you know what i mean and it's who knows how long we'll ride this wave but i'm glad we can ride it at least for a little while longer yeah and you've got even like badger football i mean yeah they'll be all right pretty good yeah, I mean, what if Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz hits another level? And, I mean, they got to find a running back, but they have a good defense. What if they find, you know, find another one? The only thing you can say is really kind of unknown and might not be that good this year is college basketball because Wisconsin's rebuilding. Marquette kind of rebuilding too, just a brand-new roster. So the only real thing that we don't have right now is college basketball. But still, it's going to be probably really fun, at least for a Marquette fan, to watch Marquette because it's a new coach and we'll see what that brings. And from a Wisconsin side of things, as a casual observer, it's a fascinating Wisconsin season because of all the turmoil they have. So you have storylines yeah. everywhere. That's going to be kind of a shit show. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be, going to be fun to watch, man. Real quick. Cause we're over, we're probably over an hour now. Um, Brewers deadline, a lot of names being bandied about. They Brewers apparently have called in on Trevor Story. They've checked in on Josh Donaldson. Um, I got duped by a fake Ender and Ciarte trade today. Um, that's that was bad. I haven't got duped in a fake trade at least I don't know three or four years. Some guy named Sky, which makes it worse that a guy named Sky duped me. Is an eighteen year old, just a saw dude who's a Braves fan. Just couldn't be more mad at that. I was like, of all the people to get duped by, I got duped by an asshole named Sky. Um, so that sucks. Uh, but what are uh, the Brewers are also like, according to like BetMGM, the Brewers were the favorite to trade for Joey Gallo. I don't know how that's <laughs> happening, but um, oh boy, I mean, yeah. I'd love to see it. Joey Gallo just hitting moonshots out of you know, it's like, why not? To the do deck. Just corner the market on kind of chunky uh, first base, uh, left-handed first baseman. Like they'd have three different versions. They would like it's like a you know one of those Russian stacking dolls. The biggest one, Big Dan. Then you got Rowdy Telez. Then you have Gallo. Like Gallo is like actually he looks athletic. He's not necessarily fat. Like Rowdy, right. Rowdy and Big Dan look like they just put down beers and do not care about physical fitness at all. I think Rowdy, you could maybe a slit a credit card under his jump after his second home run on Saturday because uh, he jumped with Adamas. But, you know, it's there. And uh, what do you – so we you tweeted out Mitch Ross MKE on the Twitter, for those who don't follow. You said if they put down Tyrone Taylor after Lorenzo Cain, which I got duped too, same guy. It's like, oh, yeah, they're going to trade Lorenzo Kane. And I was like, oh, great. Do you think it's more likely that they'd look at maybe not trading Kane, but looking at a limited role for Kane or using Taylor as a chip for a trade piece? Because I, I kind of think Tyron Taylor would be a, a very interesting trade piece for a lot of teams where it's like we get a guy who could start in center field like day one. Or will they not make the yeah. same Trent Grisham mistake? 
yeah, that's interesting. I guess I hadn't thought about that, but because to me, Tyron Taylor is like a perfect fourth outfielder. Yeah. Um, at this point, but that's interesting. I mean, Tyrone's not exact. I mean, what's he? Twenty seven, twenty eight by now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not really a spring chicken. He's you know, I, I guess that's fairly young in baseball years. Um, he's probably only got what one year of service time. Yeah, he's kind of hitting that Carlos Gomez stride as we've, you know, we've talked about in the show many times because, you know, my love for Carlos Gomez, where it just kind of it all clicked in his late 20s. And I think that is kind of a prime for for baseball players, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I don't know what type of type of a trade package, you know, would take to get a Trevor Story or Joey Gallo, but maybe Tyrone Taylor is in that. Um. Because you're right. I mean, he, he, he'd be, you know, part of, he'd be an interesting part of a package just because he's a guy, like you said, that you can, you can plug right in there. And he's got what, like a dozen home runs this year in fairly limited playing time, uh, just with the log jam in the outfield that the Brewers have. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting, interesting thought. I guess I hadn't thought about that. And, you know, he's probably not getting sent down, you're right, as Lorenzo Cain is expected to be activated today. Um, it's probably going to be Cassie, but yeah, I don't know. Tyron Taylor is way too hot to, to be, uh, to be sent down and I don't see that, but then you have what, five outfielders. Yeah. Something like that. Where it's going to, it's going to be, be nice if Tyron Taylor could play infield. Well, my but. dad thinks he can play first base. I mean, my dad. My dad has suggested so many different people for first base. He suggested Christian Yelich for first base, which is ridiculous. Um, that he suggested Tyrone Taylor. I think there was an Avisail Garcia first base suggestion at some point. Like I, I really need to start tracking this as like a, a known stat. John Trishler's first base suggestions, um, because it's, I mean, it's been, it's few, it's not few and far between. It's there's a, it's a large range. But yeah, I some it would good, be uh, some good some good TikTok content there. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's next year's plan. Who knows? Right. Maybe next year they look at him and say, Hey, could you kind of bulk up a little bit and play first base? Have you ever tried it? Can we, can we check you out there? Because I, it's, it's interesting to me that they looked in on Donaldson and story Donaldson, especially because that was a name I had thought about. I mean, Donaldson, kind of an asshole, but in a way, he fits kind of what the Brewers have in terms of their their personality. Like, can't you he just has see a Josh? Pretty, Do- pretty brutal contract, though. He does. Yeah, no, it's a uh, you. Minnesota would have to eat a large amount of that contract. Josh Donaldson was coming here. There's no way the Brewers yeah. look at that and say, "Hey, we're gonna just take all that money." They're gonna have to they're going to have to bring some of that back. Cause yeah, Josh Donaldson playing in the NL would be very interesting. Yeah. He has 21. He has uh, two more years at $21 million. So 42 left his 16 million is a club option in 2024 where he's 38 years old. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. As much as I like the idea of Josh, like I do think Josh Donaldson would be an awesome piece. He is up there in age, man. And he, and I don't know. And maybe 
the only thing that would Donaldson would do or any other third base option would do is then you could kind of move Luis Urias around a little bit and let him kind of spell Adamas, Wong, as you get kind of into that dog days so they're not playing every night because that's that's crucial. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll just sort of see. Um, but it's going to be interesting. They'll make a move. I guarantee you I will be shocked if they don't make some sort of move. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to make more of a Stearns is more of a fringe type guy. I mean, Drew Pomeranz, you know, those types of moves where it's just, you know, a guy you don't see coming. Yep. Yeah. And, I think if and, you get a, get another reliever too, to get like that seventh, seventh inning guy, sixth inning guy solved for, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll get a reliever. I think for sure. Yeah. Hopefully they get another bat though. That'd be huge. Yeah. Yeah, we could use another bat. So we'll see what happens. They play the Pirates this week, who are kind of pillaging their system. Adam Frazier got traded to the Padres, who the Padres just trade for everybody. Um, and yep. so no Adam Frazier this week, which is great. Um, and probably no Tyler Anderson. I don't know if he was scheduled to pitch, but he's imminent to be traded. Uh, Richard Rodriguez is going to get traded. So the Pirates are kind of probably a good time for the Brewers to actually be playing the Pirates these next two weeks as they kind of figure out what their roster looks like post-trade deadline. So that's a huge advantage for the Brewers as they kind of continue to try to grow their lead against the Cincinnati Reds. And then then a big series uh, coming up with the Giants. Or, well, they have Braves first, but the Giants after that. Uh, But the Braves will be a decently big series as the Braves are trying to play themselves back into playoff contention. They got a a world – long, long road to go uh, with no Ron Lacuna, but the Braves are just not a fun team to play. I don't I don't have fun at that stadium. Brewers haven't really won there that much. Not one of my favorite ones to uh, to watch Brewer baseball in. I don't know. It's just There are certain stadiums where I just don't feel good playing in, and uh, the Braves' new stadium is one of them. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say I agree with that. It's, I mean, anywhere on the road, you have, you have bad Bad vibes. I mean, yeah, like Philly. A, yeah, Philly's Philly's had. We've had some bad ones at Philly. Coors Field's been bad. Coors. PNC yeah. has had, had some nightmares, and not as much anymore. But the few years ago, I mean, who can forget when we got swept in five games? Um, that was bad. Uh, to end out the All Star break, that was not good at all. Um, uh, try to think other ones that are. I don't really get nervous that much about our West Coast. We do all right on the West Coast, like San Francisco, Dodger Stadium. Not, not too intimidating to me. I say that now, and we'll get swept by the Giants like next month. I'll be like, yeah, whatever. It happens. We did have. I remember we. You, there's always bad series, man. It's baseball. It's, it, it wouldn't be baseball if we didn't have like notable bad series or just places where it's not that fun to watch a game. Like watching baseball at the Marlins Park makes me want to puke every time it's just a terrible watch but we've gone far we've gone long enough um probably probably call it for for the day do you have anything more for the people nah just stay hydrated all right love that that's hot out there uh it is unbelievable we will be back next week uh we will Probably chat about what the Bucks do in the NBA draft. They do anything. 
uh, get ourselves geared up for Bucks free agency. Probably there'll be a lot of Packer stuff to go over. And then who knows what the Brewers do at the deadline. So those will sounds like a good show for next week. But uh, thank you guys for all the support during the, uh, the Bucks run. We appreciate it. It was touching to hear how many of you wanted a podcast. We're sorry we took a few days to get this up, but we're uh, we're here and you have the, uh, the the official Mitch and Charlie recap of uh, of of the championship. So we're here and we're uh, ready for baseball football now. Yes, sir. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Peace.